1: Discounts not available in all states
2: and situations. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Gisler here, hanging out with Henry. Ah! So I'm doing my Bigfoot cry for JW. Very good. Thank you all so much for giving to our Patreon. Without you, we're absolutely nothing. Today's guest, he is the author of many books, but the most recent book is The United States of Cryptids. JW Walker is with us. JW, thank you so much for being on the show.
3: Alan, oh, thank, you. thank you for having me on. I am jazzed about this. This is great.
1: I just actually find it kind of interesting that we can even capture you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can I see am you elusive, usually, yes well, you Would know, you say we... that, alright, honestly, though Are you a primate? I'm just going to get here Are you a primate? Or are you inter- interdimensional?
3: Oh, I am Oh, um, primate, definitely primate Excellent, Excellent.
2: Interesting I, indeed, we often talk about how Casey Anthony is a 10 When it comes to murderers uh, But in real life, she's about a 6, you mm-hmm. know But when it comes to cryptid zoologists Or uh, cryptid cryptologists crypto-zoologists. cryptozoologists Fantastic He's learning you uh, you are about an eleven. You're yeah, a very, very attractive handsome. man. Very uh, you can oh. actually. It seems as if you're clean, and uh, I know there's a lot of times. I didn't know this the, kind of podcast. Yes, uh, <laughs> the, within the cryptid contingency, there's some. What people, do you got underneath the zoom? I can't actually. I can't see below the. Belt. <laughs> yeah, there's some people who resemble the skunk ape
3: or maybe the mothman
2: in more than one way, specifically when it comes to odor. But you're very well
3: kept. Well, I cheat though. So those people actually do the real work of looking out in the forest, and the swamps, and the fields to find mm-hmm. these things. I just go to the local tavern and see what cryptid themed beers they have behind the bar. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not not that not that good of a cryptozoologist.
1: Th- that's called the power of being the executive. That's it is your year. You're leading them. Uh, can I ask just straight up? We'll do one of the, the you know it's a hacky question, but like, what brought you to here? Like, what got you to the point where you're a professional cryptozoologist?
3: Well, that's the thing. So I'm not a professional cryptozoologist. I'm a professional um, uh, faker. Great. Great. So so I basically chase oddities. Anything weird um, I want to learn about and write books about. And it could be anything. It could be paranormal stuff. It could be art installations. You're like an expert on Edgar Allan Poe as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I spent a year of my life tracking down every site building piece of him that still existed on the planet, um, everywhere he lived. So, yeah, anything, yeah, it's just something weird and different and not, you know, me in a, a cubicle and, you know, whatever for it. Was <laughs> it just about that was it just about like trying to not be a,
1: a cubicle warrior or was it or is it something a deeper? cubicle warrior? Yep. Now, that, well, that sounds, sounds cool, sure, actually. <laughs> yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Nah, I mean, yeah, a it, lot it, of guys become cubicle warriors, <laughs> but it's bad. You
3: you know mean? I mean, yeah, it really is. Oh, yeah. No, for me, it's mostly depression and boredom. Yeah, a lot of a lot Sweet. of that. And when they just yeah. left my apartment, which I actually lived um I'm from Maryland. I was I was living in a small little town, the next town over from the Blair Witch Town, actually. Oh, wow. and um, and I just got realized I was like in a bad spot, so I just left my apartment one day and started driving to weird stuff and writing right. about weird stuff, and then suddenly, over the course of years, it turned into a thing. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. Were you
2: able to dabble in opium when you were experiencing everything that Edgar Allan Poe
3: experienced? Did you <laughs> dabble in what he was dabbling in? I did not. I did not try to mm. become an, an opiate addict. Although, it, it's one of my many failings, though, <laughs> so, honestly.
1: Hey, honestly, right. you got to get in the headspace. You really uh, do. So let's talk cryptids. Now, you wrote this book. Now, this is kind of, this book is, it is a little bit of an encyclopedia of sorts, right? Like, you do yes. definitely, you, you have chapter heads. But as you go through the world of cryptids, I guess that's what it is. You know, on the last podcast on left, we've been covering various level of cryptids for years. Mm-hmm. And I think the big question That always seems to come to mind is how materially real do you believe? Something is, and uh, especially like,
2: or like you know, in terms. I suppose it could vary as well between what cryptid is, you know, the Loch Ness versus Sasquatch.
0: That's kind of my idea.
1: On your spectrum of cryptids, what feels "quote unquote" materially real, and what is more in the realm of what we joked about up top—maybe but something interdimensional—or is there is there something to like folklore coming to life?
2: Yeah, which cryptid could you actually have sex with? Save well, that for the not... end if you
3: would. If <laughs> okay. that okay. get that's there. right. We need some anticipation <laughs> on that one. So, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, so the, I'll give you some obvious answers. So, sorry about that. But the obvious answer is, is anything underwater that you can't see all the time, right? Yes. But the truth is, you know, cryptids happen all the time, right? Where the, the Kraken, right, was just a mystery that nobody knew about. And then suddenly now we have giant cephalopods in tanks in the Smithsonian, right? So mm-hmm. that's a real one. Yeah. Um, the gorilla was a cryptid at one time. Like there was rumors of this giant, hairy, dark creature in, in jungles that nobody believed until some, yeah. you know, most of the world. Obviously, some people knew about it until somebody went and found the pelts and found some skulls and brought it back to the rest of the world. The, um, the, the platypus is my favorite one, right? That's another one that was a rumor that nobody believed except for some people in this island down the corner of the United, the corner of the, uh, the, the world. They found a body, brought the body out to the rest of the world, and the rest of the world was like, this is not real you you made this (laughs) right sewed a duck's bill into a beaver's body so they actually had to to get a a live animal for them to believe that creature existed so those kind of those kind of of um um cryptids do exist like the actual like not because the definition of a cryptid is an an animal that mainstream science doesn't accept as real or is real anymore and that hmm. happens all the time so they do exist now the more fanciful you get right um then you get to the, the the range of like extremely what actually, but plausible biological entities, right? These are giant yes, primates, yeah, yes. right? Because we're, all of us are primates right here. So they exist. We know right. primates I, exist. Yes. So you just make them a little bigger, a little hairier, and throw them on the the forest. And that doesn't stretch your imagination. When right. you go all the way to like a snallygaster, and then you're kind of like stretching your imagination a bit. So that, it's a nice little spectrum, which makes a lot now, of fun. Now, what's a snallygaster? You don't know a snallygaster? No. no. Yeah, educate him. Oh, snallygaster. This is a good one. This is one from Western Maryland. So snallygaster looks like a... Chicken and a dragon mated and is choking on an octopus. So it's got a beak, it's got tentacles coming out of the beak, it's got wings, leathery wings. And it's, a, it's just rumored to fly around, you know, Western Maryland. And um, I think the biggest story about it is the, the, the most known one died in a giant vat of moonshine. Uh, it, just got, <laughs> it just got caught. The, the, the smell was good, went down there, got boiled. And then the, uh, the moonshine police or the, whatever they're called came in and blew up the entire place. Oh, so totally, uh, Yes. body.
1: That's fun to sell. Yeah, that's because that that's the idea. they were like, well, you know, well, you would have seen one. You, you would have seen one if it wasn't for that explosion. I exactly. can't believe what happened. Yeah.
3: Shines <laughs> a great preservative. We'd have had a body and everything. What and a so way to I, go for the snally gaster. I remember they have exactly. those things.
1: You ever see those at bars where they have like the toe in the thing <laughs> yeah. of liquor and then you have to take the shot and you have to let the toe hit your lips? Yes, I like that style. Um, but this actually maybe brings me to like you. So you write uh, articles for Atlas Obscura, which I do love. And there was one recently that you wrote. Like, I feel like that fits perfectly into this. This idea of like, could be materially real because they thought it was one thing, but then it became a cryptid.
3: The Shunkoworokan, right? The Rocky Mountain right. Hyena. So the Shunkoworokan is interesting because it's based on a real event. Something actually all cryptids. This is the beauty of cryptids. Even if you don't believe in a Staligaster or uh, Puckwudgie or some of the more random ones yeah they the the events happened whatever they saw kicked off a giant mania that that's sometimes a summer sometimes a year sometimes years and the, the newspapers followed them. local newspapers followed the story for the entire time so something happened and it's documented its history even mm. if you don't believe the source of the history it's a real thing so we just like saw r-
1: this happen with the new wave of the mothman sightings in chicago
3: and outside exactly. of that area Yeah. exactly and that's in the newspapers now like somebody saw something whatever it was saw it and now historic some somewhat of a hysteria happened not the old kind of hysteria in the 50s and 70s and 60s where you jump (laughs) i call it hunting parties and parties where either you jump together and go chase it it. or you just party a party around it yeah exactly shotguns and moonshine in, in the back of the car so yeah so the sugar rocket's a great example it was a real creature that a farmer had a problem with ended up shooting it and couldn't really didn't really fit any creatures he'd seen it was vaguely canine maybe hyena kind of dogish it was one of those like really vague canine creatures yeah yes and then the story the story got passed out it got connected to native american lore as they always do they always connected to the native american lore and then eventually there's a body they had a body somewhere in the museum i think somewhere in montana these days well so if you th- look at here, i got stuff. i got the picture i could show kissel right so they oh, have it because they ended up calling it the ring Docus, right <laughs> It's another word for it. Yeah, it has seven different names, I think. Gaius cut, is another one. It's got a, a lot of names.
1: But they, so they, it was in a museum for a hot minute, right? And they said, I guess they got rid of it. And there was this one picture of it. And so hmm. you look at it and like what we, cause we cover on the, you know, we talk about the Chupacabra kind of often, hmm. but it, most of the time when we talk about Chupacabra, we're talking about a dog with mange.
2: Sad ass dog.
4: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the the dogs, dog's all yeah. fucked up. And yeah. it does
1: just kind of look like if I'm, and I'm not a scientist. But I look You're at not? it. No. no. No, no. And the first time I look at it, the first thing I say not is like, that's a
4: jacked up
3: wolf. Like he's yeah, oh, he's yeah. jacked up. That's all I got. No, that's that's the other thing. If if we do a body, it's usually taxidermied. And often taxidermy not very well. Because you can definitely make any animal pelt look like right. a mutated creature and with whatever. Just yeah, but not just knowing base level of skill, you know? Yeah, just being bad at it.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. You can create whole hmm. realms of mystery. Do do you think that like that's why like this is my question because I get I love cryptids and like mm. you You must be passive because like on one level, do you make judgment calls about where whether things are real or you're just like I just
3: collect stories? No, I don't usually make. Well, I'm a skeptic at heart, a sad skeptic. I'm a sad skeptic at heart. Like I'm yeah. really sad that I've never had a ghost experience, even though I spent a big period of my life in abandoned asylums and abandoned prisons and graveyards right. and ghosts. I feel like I'm like my um, sixth sense blind or something like that. So I'm really well, sad I, about I, it. I've been
1: told that I'm too horny for the phenomena.
2: Yeah, he's too horny for that aliens, ghosts. I want
1: to see it, and I can never. Thing, I, same
2: thing. I can never see it. I saw an orb. He uh, says yeah. he saw an orb, but we he's, we've seen the picture, and we, that's up <laughs> it was, for debate. It was clear. Uh,
1: No, it wasn't. I saw besides the picture I took, I saw a ghost train. I saw a ghost train. I saw an orb. I'll I'll describe it to you. Mm -hmm. I was driving outside of it was in Atlanta and there was a train. It was train literal train tracks. And I saw a thing that looked like a wobbling beach ball that went up and down in sort of a weird like hovering pattern down the railroad track. And when I brought it up in the show, I had several people being like, that's called a ghost train.
2: A ghost train. So as we just heard, it makes people sound insane, right? When they talk about cryptids or orbs, how do you maintain sanity in this world of madness?
3: Because the the two, two, two reasons. I'll get a little sentimental at first, then I'll get, get back to like what we should be. But one is that when somebody tells me they, they believe in Bigfoot, I, I don't hear like, you know, tinfoil hat. What I hear is somebody saying, I want cooler stuff in the world. I want the world to not be like kind of ripped apart of all its wonder. Like I yeah. want more, uh, mysteries to be uncovered i don't want i don't everything is for for mcdonald's franchise i want more stuff out there so to right. me like the pursuit of cryptids is like wonder which is one of the most amazing parts of being a human so I, I feel like kinship with them like i also don't want there to be every single animal already cataloged i don't want that to happen ever in my lifetime right mm-hmm. so yeah. there's that part then the other part about it is the whether the stories are true or not the outcomes are real like for instance a big part of the book is like you guys said it's, this is basically. In some ways, a, a, my book is a cryptid encyclopedia. Which comes, one? A cryptid encyclopedia comes out every year, right? Every year, somebody makes one. The difference with mine was I. And I would only do it if I could travel and see things. I, there are entire towns, entire groups of people that celebrate their cryptids so hard <laughs> that they have right. statues dedicated to them, and festivals every year, and plaques, and just it's a it's a real phenomenon. So right now mm-hmm. in, in Indiana, Chiribusco, Indiana, every year they celebrate this giant turtle that was supposedly found in a pond outside of town in the 19, late 1950s. So for the past uh, 40, 60 years, they've been celebrating a gigantic turtle. And you go there any time of year uh, yeah. to Chiribusco and there's like turtles everywhere because of this. So that is real. That that celebration is real. The turtle statues outside the dentist's office is real. The and it kind of makes real. it real. It kind of exactly. like you- it makes it real. It, there's yeah. something about, because we talk about in tulpas, the, the that comes up like
1: in some way, it's almost like you are creating a living thought form that that is real. And yeah. then it's also, it you, it's much needed tourism. <laughs> exactly. For a lot of Absolutely. these places, people really come and show up, and and that's why I got no problems with it. We talk about the Boggy Creek Monster. Yes. That was like another totally. kind of an example
3: that it's like they have a Bigfoot economy. Yeah, yeah. I went down the, the I went down to the the folk monster mart as part of this, and it was just fantastic. I'm glad that thing exists.
0: Fly right
1: from your place. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year, thinking about Terms and conditions apply. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com And they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation. And my own did everybody come around being like, Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, Stop talking to my wife.
2: She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile bling she's got on her.
1: Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code blastpodcast at bluenile.com. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L E F T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, so I believe there's like I maybe mean, I'll throw this at you. All right. Let's say tantamount. Tantamount.
2: I'm using Tant- the word. Tantamount. Tantamount.
1: tantamount. Right. In Bigfoot, what foot? In what? I don't know. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Bigfoot. Let's say it's real. Let's say it is real. Or the idea of giant apes are real that are hidden. How do they stay hidden? Like, what is like, is there a thing where like, do you really sit in like, do, do, is that your goal to like hammer out like whether or not something's like real or not? Like, would you want that? Like, I know you're saying you want to keep the mystery alive, mm-hmm. but is there that in the pursuit of making Real, how
2: like did this start with tantamount? I don't know,
1: <laughs> but it's like, how did you like, like, where do you sit with that? Like, because I think the Bigfoot, like, of all of the cryptids, it's like, well, that sounds most like, quote,
3: like you said, at the top plausible, like it sounds like a thing it could be real. So, the question is, but, how are they hide, how are they hide, how are they hide. Yeah. I hope it's because the world is bigger than I think it is. There's part of me thinking there's no yeah. way they're hiding, right? But I'm hoping that it's just a bigger world than I really think it is. Like, a forest is massive, and I don't really understand how big, like, um, whatever the forest out in the Pacific Northwest is. But the weird mm-hmm. thing about that is. There's been a Bigfoot sighting in ev- all 50 states, right? At least mm-hmm. one. That includes tiny Delaware and tiny Rhode Island and Hawaii on the middle of the ocean. So those mm-hmm. kind of places, I'm like, uh, I don't know if you can hide a Bigfoot in Delaware. Maybe you can. I don't know. But like, hopefully you can hide one in Appalachia, right? There's, th- those, yeah. That's an undiscovered country, I hope. I hope we haven't like explored all of that. But I assume the world's gigantic. I hope it is. It might not be. But that's, that's what, how I would say it. It's just big. What,
2: what do you think? What, what does the cryptid tell us about the region? Obviously, Pacific Northwest. You got a lot of trees. That's yes. good. That's good for your big that's, that's good for your Bigfoot. Definitely Bigfoot country. And yes. then maybe you got some a lot of lakes. You got lake creatures. What does mm-hmm. it tell you about the region and how do cryptids relate to it?
3: Yeah, it's where you can hide them, right? Because like you said, um, how do you hide these cryptids? So generally, most cryptids started the golden age of cryptids is the 1950s to 1970s. That's when most everything was seen, right? Mm-hmm. And then where they were usually seen was rural towns with some exception, but mostly it was rural towns. Almost every single story of a cryptid, no matter what it is, starts with some teenagers in the back of a car on a back mm-hmm. road out at night, you know, outside of town that every single one starts that way. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason is you need, you need a few things you need um, some kind of natural landscape, for thing to hide in, right. If, if, if it has, so rural towns have that they have forests, they have mountains, they have fields, they have, the, they have places to hide it. And then, then, then you need the boredom to make it a story, right. And rural towns have that as well. <laughs> but right now, right. If today yeah. I found out there's a cryptid running around my town. I'm in, um, I'm in Nashville, New Hampshire, which is about 40 miles north of Boston. Huh. Um, if I have heard there's a, there's a cryptid is a running around my town, I might get off my phone and go find it or jump in my car, or I might, yeah. but I probably won't. I'll probably just follow it on Twitter and see what happens, you know? But back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you all get in your cars, be a party, the town center will be filled with people talking about it and the local newspapers writing about it. So it's it like, like real it. life, it's, it's like real life Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, it's exactly what it is. Exactly. And that's actually why we have, I think we have so many different kinds of creatures. It's not just Bigfoot. There's like in the book I found like more than 70. And most of them are very different because we want to collect them all, right? We don't want it just to be the United States of Bigfoot. We want Rockin' right. and Gasters and puck Wedgies and every kind of creature we can find.
1: How, how do you think we get, like, I guess that's where it is in my in my mind. Like, I'm trying to kind of, I think about cryptids and how they are so different. And I I wonder, like, Like, where does that come from? Like, I guess it's like, is it really just a response to the natural environment? Is it is it something that people have inside that they project out? Because I do believe that the phenomena on some level is, quote unquote, real. But Mm. I do. I think that it has something to do with kind of some interdimensionality, which is if you listen to John Keel, like we Mm. kind of participate in it. Right. Like we're help. We help bring it out. Like, how do we get such variety? encrypted and then like what what do we do about the really crazy ones like you know you said about the snallywag like that's a that's a crazy one like but is that because like they do see something like that can something exist like that for a moment in time and then not exist ever again or is it a bunch of people just like again just trying to create some of that cryptid flow
2: no that's tantamount
3: tantamount <laughs> tantamount I would say it's mostly Hollywood. That's who designed no. the There actually is a there actually is a lot of theories of different kinds of creatures that came out that looked remarkably like a movie creature that came out a year before. Um, mm-hmm. Chupacabra is actually that one, not the dog version, but the uh, the, the, the Puerto the, Rican the, Chupacabra. Yeah, right? Puerto Rican version one. The the Wolf Woman of Alabama came out like right when the commercials for um, Mephisto Waltz came out, which is this trippy '70s movie. That, and one scene, in the trailer had this dog with a human head on it walking around. Cool. But so, but I think the variety just comes from that's a good question. I've never been asked that question. Why do we have the variety of creatures we do have that has to be in? So, obviously, we have some some very similar carryover, right? Perry primates, lake monsters almost always boil down to pleosaurs. And yeah. I think it comes from um fantasy. For I don't know, it's a good question. I want to say I, I, the evolution is fantasy until you find something in science to hang it on, right? So, because they don't know because. Like
1: when someone's in a a rural town, like because those before the Internet connected everybody, I think it's interesting is that they it's not like they were looking for a gap. Like we haven't had a big turtle one yet. All right. Let's make it up. Like, It seems that like they do kind of spontaneously come up with all of these different
3: forms. Yeah, it could be. and I know there's a there's a subsection of cryptids called from called lumberjack tales. Right. And these these creatures came out of tales that lumberjackers would go in the forest in the the 19th century. Right. Dark forest, middle of nowhere, no electricity, no Internet, nothing. Right. They're just out there. They hear sounds, things would happen and they would spend their time around the campfire making up personalities and creatures for what would make that sound or what would do this thing. And you get stuff like hodags out of that, and you get oh, yeah, you hoedag. know you get stuff like uh, walkers cats out of that. Yeah, and hodags like Rhinelander, Wisconsin celebrates the hodag like it's uh, uh whatever a military veteran. They have statues of it, and they have yep. Christmas merchandise, and they have festivals every year. So sometimes it's that, sometimes it's just human imagination, and sometimes it's um the ability the human mind to make patterns. So if you see something rustle in the bushes, you know what does it look like? Like the infield um, horror looks like a beat up kangaroo. Like that and that came from one person <laughs> one person's description of it, right? So. The human mind is great at creating variety, I think.
2: Yeah, and of course, around the lumberjack, or it's a great day to be a tree, if you know what I'm talking about. When it comes to- uh, I don't do this to the man. We don't live. do this. This man's worked so hard <laughs> on is. his book. I have a serious question. <laughs> We're killing all of our animals. We're killing all the bugs. The human race is destroying a lot of shit. Hmm? Do you feel hmm? like because we have destruction of so much wildlife, that oh, cryptids are almost filling a void where it's like, no, we're not destroying everything. There's still these cryptids out there that they exist because I was just reading an article. Seventy-five percent of all the shit that was in like 1800s is dead. That's why <laughs> cryptids are our
3: apology to the planet. <laughs> yes. I think Sorry, it is. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It's it's that they point. are
2: because they're like, yeah, we've killed so much stuff, but we're making up new ones
3: with our we brain. Got new ones with our mind. Yeah, I like it. We're all going virtual reality, right? We're all metaverse. So like, all of our creatures should be metaverse too. Oh I my do, goodness. But I do sort of believe.
1: That's kind of there. That is a kind of explanation for some of this stuff. Like we talk about the mm-hmm. sandown clown. There's a couple of these like super weird shit, right? Like when it's super weird and you have like several people say like the Flatwoods Monster, mm-hmm. you know, like something like that, where you're like, what in the living fuck did these people see? Because it's like they're all freaked out and weird. And yeah, they can make it up. But it's also like I also sort of believe in the idea of screen memories. I know that's true. Like people say they experience something because it's to cover up something traumatic. So they'll they, make mm-hmm. they 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 project something else onto it. But it's so crazy just like how easy it is for people to project
3: stuff onto like their reality and have it show up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good example too, because the skeptics always, I think Joe Nickel mostly, the skeptics call the flatwood monster a owl and a tree, right? Whatever. And, <laughs> to go <from, laughs> ever. To go from an owl and a tree to a red domed alien in a skirt robot alien in a skirt that's a big jump so either like there's a totally wrong explanation or the human mind like you said can build whatever it can, whatever it needs to out of the materials at hand i wonder but yeah some is, are super weird though for sure
1: you did write a book you wrote a book called the 12 nights of rotterhouse where you stayed in a place right like you just decided to be like hey i'm gonna well, I'm see i'm gonna see a ghost right is that the kind of was that the idea
3: where that like was i'm a novel, doing actually so that was a so i'm also a novelist but in that case it started out as a nonfiction project where i was like you know what yes. i'm gonna stay Twelve nights, or it was actually thirteen nights, inside of a ho- inside of a haunted place, and just document my experiences. I'm a nonfiction writer mostly. I'm gonna do this, and I sat down and found a place I wanted to do it and started planning it. And then I realized this is gonna be the most boring book that anybody's <laughs> ever read. Written their entire life, be me just walking around dark hallways, like just jumping at sounds. Hmm. So then I just turned it into a novel. <laughs> and made it more. But have you oh, have you tried
1: go. the investigation? Like so, when you were there, though, like I'm saying the same thing. Like kind of like it's weird how you'd think that you're an expert on all of this phenomena, your brain would
3: provide something for you. Yeah. You're like, give it to me. I don't know. I think I just broke into the belief factor. And I, not just with like paranormal, with like belief in like the goodness of humans and like whatever positive, but I don't believe in anything really. So like, I'm like a universal cynic, but yeah, I feel like I should have even one story that I could exaggerate into like this amazing paranormal experience. Right. And I don't even have that level of imagination. Yeah, Henry's,
2: Henry's re- requesting you to lie is what that request is. I'm <laughs> um, hoping. Right. Um, which is
3: just fine. But don't no, you no, think? It's co- uh, show business. Show business. That's right. You and every producer making a reality show, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, There's what so if much it was
3: real, JW? Yeah. You know what I mean? i mean, How would you it. react? How would you so react? It's being recorded, by the way.
2: <laughs> lie. <laughs> what if we did? It? So the thing is, we do live in a world of mystery. And these animals, like you were just discussing, are freaking trippy, dude. I got. I watch a lot of my Instagram. I watch a lot of bug footage and animal footage. Do you God think helpless. if we isn't that something? But do you think if we actually saw the Mothman, how long would it take before we're like, yeah, that's the Mothman? Let's move on.
3: It's boring. Oh, seconds. That's I call that the curse of cryptozoology or the curse mm. of the cryptozoologist, where you study this thing your entire life indirectly, right through footprints and first entails and, and eyewitnesses and those kinds of things never getting your hands on a body you finally find it like, look i found the moth man and then zoologists and anthropologists come and say thank you that's ours now and suddenly it exists and it's not yours anymore it's not it's not a cryptid once you discover it it's not a cryptid so like it just it just stinks it becomes so you like
2: really can't nothing. you can't discover it
3: you can't catch it, a cryptid
1: you cannot catch a cryptid. literally no and yes. i mean here's okay here's a policy question
2: you know what I see a lot. Right? Here's a po- this This tantamount. This is a policy question, right? <laughs> Where what what pol- policy? What institution does he have policy on? Uh, Bfro. <laughs> okay,
1: right. You the might big, need to talk
2: to my lawyers on this one. Yeah. this is policy, JW. Do you so. know? Do
1: you know beef row? Like all those groups, like hmm. it's like another, it's a Bigfoot hunting organization. Oh, oh, oh
3: BF, so I never, spo- I never spoken. It's so a BFRO. Today, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Um, you're not cool. Like I am in the circles <laughs> I run in. We, you know, do you, you know, the lads out of BFRO? Um, so, so sad.
2: You but BFRO just sounds like a place in Wisconsin where a bunch of fat dudes hang out. Yes,
1: it, it, it is. It is. Um, But the, so they talked about, they they had a reaction to uh, Oklahoma came out and they said that it's okay to hunt bigfoot mm-hmm. right that was the thing where you, they get this set up this bigfoot and, like this is my thing hmm. if we're seeing that really mean it's like how do you feel
3: about shooting bigfoot that's not nice it's not nice but i do want a body i want a body really bad yeah so i might if i had morals i might bend them a little bit for this
4: one because i want to see gonna,
2: you're gonna end up like that doctor in minneapolis who shot that fucking lion dude and then everyone's going <laughs> to protest you. And they're all going to be know. like, why'd you shoot Bigfoot?
3: That was that's, the only one left. That's the thing. I'm okay with shooting the first Bigfoot. You can't shoot the second Bigfoot, though. Just the first. The okay. second
1: Bigfoot needs to be on
3: television. Well, this is why it's Protected. hiding.
1: This <laughs> yes. is why they don't want to be found. They're want to be the first Bigfoot. Of us. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to ask them what they think about the Ukraine conflict.
0: And then I want to <laughs> get them
1: canceled. Oh, that'll that's be That's what good. we'll do is we'll get Bigfoot
2: canceled, and mm. then he'll be on the show. Oh, that'll be great. Do you think the sea? Or the
3: center of the earth holds more cryptid life. Oh, the sea has to, right? For some reason, the sea won't the sea won't stop making creatures and won't no. stop making the most terrifying creatures on the planet. It just won't stop. Like every time they find something new down the Marianas Trench, the thing looks like a nightmare, whether it's a vampire it squid or things you've never even heard of. It's yeah. terrifying down there, so I, I'm sure. it's I'm pretty sure they're making it down there in the, in the ocean. All the elements okay. of life are down there, right? The
2: first person to see an octopus must have
3: been scared, huh? Absolutely, Oof. I would have been. Unless you've been like, that's a lot of arms to eat. That's, <laughs> that's right. Who's right. the first
0: like...
1: person to eat one? That's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I ate a whole octopus once. Uh, <laughs> I went. and I went I, to this, this restaurant. You tell this story. Terrible.
2: I've heard this a thousand times. <laughs> I
1: hate this fucking. He ate just, an
2: octopus brain and he got sick. He was really it got really
1: nauseous. He was very big. It was a big, <laughs> floppy thing. I can was see why people. It taste good though. No, oh, I like octopus the... arms, but then it turned Ugh. me off of octopus altogether. And then my wife said, I can't eat octopus anymore because they're too smart. And I said, if they were oh. so smart, why are they in the fucking tank? Yeah, that documentary <laughs> killed a lot of our um, uh, hors d'oeuvres, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pulpo <laughs> went yeah. down because of that. Um, now, you've searched for a lot of cryptids. And but if you found the most elusive cryptid of all, it's called love.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's a good question. But I am, again, I'm a cynic, so I don't know if that one exists. I'd probably find Bigfoot before I found love. Yeah, I
1: I, I, say, agree. I say that as
3: a joke because my wife is somewhere in this house. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, like, I heard her business.
1: scream. I just heard
2: her yell. <laughs> just the, because you're account. married, it doesn't mean there's love there. Ooh, but, that's valid. Sad, <laughs> that's sad. Super, that's strangely true. valid. Wow. Isn't that, dude. I, felt isn't that, 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 isn't that, I felt that right
3: here. Right here. Yeah, yeah. Look
2: at the queen. Uh, dead. That's an, also a cryptid. <laughs> dead. Well, that plays into it when it comes to community. <laughs> I was watching this documentary on flat earthers where, ironically, they prove the world is round. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me was that these people are exceptionally lonely and they all got to get together and they'd be like, Earth is flat. But really, it was more about like these hors d'oeuvres are good. Do you feel like the cryptid community, it's, uh, I mean, that's like, how big of a component is just that, the human connection yeah, when it I comes
1: to cryptid foot. zoology? I look for a Bigfoot, but the most important thing were the friends I found along the way. Exactly.
3: It's true, right? So, like this, like most fringe things, is full of outsiders and misfits, right? Looking for connection, including myself. I include myself in that group. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny when you go to a cryptid festival or a cryptid convention. These these people mostly aren't giving scientific papers on whether Bigfoot exists or not. There's some of that there, but most people are there to party. They're party. If you if you know the word hodag, you're a friend of theirs. They'll party yeah. with you. They don't care if you believe it or not. They they want to draw it. They want to wear a shirt with it on it, and they just want to like party with people who aren't. You know, sitting on on the sofa watching football on Sundays, or going to the golf course on Saturdays. They want it. They want something else, and uh, right. that's why they're awesome people. Like again, um, they're just different. I'm always looking for different people, and so that's why I try to like hide hide out in these circles. Uh, Hodag is a great name for a football team. It really uh, is. The Washington mm-hmm. Hodag. That's, that's what they should have done instead of freaking
2: Commanders.
1: When you hang out with a lot of these other cryptid hunters, because like, so you're you're a journalist and a researcher, and mm-hmm. like that's kind of what you archive. But when you meet the hunters, like, what's the difference between you and them? Like, do you view them like, like as you said, like they're doing the dirty work, mm-hmm. and you kind of like collect the data afterwards, or like do you were like, well, that's a step too far, or do you see yourself in a couple of waiters at Loch Ness <laughs> like
2: anytime soon? Yeah. Like have, yeah. have you ever joined them on their journeys?
3: I have not. Um, I. I have an aversion to dirt under my fingernails. It just really bothers me. And like, no, I so I would do it. I, I didn't get a chance. So a lot of that, a lot of the book is written, like some of the pandemic post pandemic when the, everything, like everybody was like, just, you never knew what you could do. Honestly, yeah. what you're allowed to do or not do. So yes. I didn't get to go. A lot of the festivals were canceled. And it was like a massive time, but I would do it. I would go out. Um, it's just, it's just, I, I so I, I, rec- I compare cryptid hunting, like literal cryptid hunting people that go out in the wilds to fishing. It's really boring. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you get something that's peaceful, you're out in the woods, that's nice. But at the end of the day, you're kind of standing in a spot and, you know, standing in the spot most of the time. So, which is again, that's real research. You sit there for, that's why yeah, in the paranormal world, some of the shows are funny because they go for like six hours and then they find everything. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real paranormal <laughs> investigations would last years at one place, right? So it's just, um, they're, they sound exciting. Let's go hunt Bigfoot. But in the end, yeah. you're just camping. Yeah, you're just drinking and it sounds, sounds fun. <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah, honestly, that's true. I, I,
1: I actually would rather oh, do lip. that than fishing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because, <laughs> because I will sit. Because I'll like sit fish, and but... watch
1: him go past. like, because it's just some guy. Who went, yeah, we saw him up blur. 1979. We saw him right over that bridge. And it's like That's I'll correct. listen to him talk. I won't ask him about COVID, but like I'll ask. But the rest of it's up for games. You know what I mean? We'll talk about everything. I think cryptid wise, it'll be
2: really safe. Well, you don't want you, you're you're adverse to the truth. What do you think <laughs> is the most likely to be real? UFOs, alien. Well, UFOs are aliens, UFOs or ghosts or cryptids.
3: It's, um, I'm going to go with um,
2: uh, aliens.
1: I'm going to go with aliens. Well, do you have? Have you ever done any of the research about them all being connected, like aliens and UFOs and UFOs and cryptids being sort of together,
3: like in yeah, the same basket? Yeah, that's the um, what, do they, what do they call that? Um, ultra the ultra terrestrial. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look at that. We are at the same time. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, and yet, Well, I, What that is is. So Occam's razor is something like um, if, if you kind of rule out everything that doesn't make sense until you, all you have left is the only thing that makes sense. What a lot of people in the fringe, these fringe communities do, they go the opposite way. If something makes sense, if something doesn't make sense, they start adding stuff to it. So once you can't find Bigfoot, it's because he's a ghost or because he's an individual mm. being. And then once you can't find proof, you can't find the Roswell crash pieces. You're like, oh, maybe UFOs are part of that phenomenon, too. And you get to the John Q land. And you're just like, everything is hard to understand because everything is part of this weird phenomenon. Um, and just you kind of live there. There's no proof there. It's a fun place, though. I like that place a lot. It's very fun. Yeah, You just need something
1: to weed tincture really
3: helps. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that. It does. Yes. It does, it does. So that, that's kind of that that connection that I think is a last gasp at um, um, asserting everything exists that exists.
1: Well, so because they want an empirical version of the story. Like they want it to be yeah. like solved. Which I think is very difficult because I think what you're saying is true is that the problem is that if you do solve, you've just solved yourself out of a job.
2: Yeah, it just sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, because now it's gone. Like, what else are you going to do? You can go yeah. on. You, you're no longer allowed on an ancient aliens. It has been founded. You right. now have to go on the news. Oh, and geez, they're asking yeah, you a bunch of other. That programming. Questions. That's a joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you get to miss all that. You don't get to oh, let I... Giorgio Soukoulos sleep on your couch.
2: <laughs> oh, I love that, man.
3: Great hair, great oh, bedhead. Yeah. Have you heard those stories? Yeah. He totally. sleeps.
2: That's, he's that's a good point, though.
3: Success in those industries uh, means not to usually get promotion when you're successful in your field, but like that's, <laughs> you get demoted right away for that. Yeah. <laughs> How much do you
2: think that's true with, with the ancient alien theory? How it sort of like replaced religion for some people? Do you feel I mean, like it's... cryptids kind of. Uh, fill that void also is. Oh yeah, I don't know. We're in a strange religion kind of kickback now too. I don't know this. Yeah, no, this lo- next generation religions are
3: losing religion. For some reason, we have a giant, and I'm not religious. Well, I used to, be, but I'm not religious, but anymore. But like, it's a giant void in people's souls. You have to fill it with something. And if that's aliens, if that's hairy hominids yeah. if it's something beyond the norm, we need it. You know.
2: Yeah, and isn't <laughs> Jesus a cryptid in his own right?
3: I believe that he was.
2: If
1: he was around, he was encrypted. Could it, be. It's it's anyway. my heart. He's right here in my heart, guys.
2: Yes, he is. <laughs> he lives right there. He's not, he's knocking on your door.
4: <laughs> right from North grave Correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at texaspete.com This podcast is brought to
1: you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough. Yeah, so you also wrote a book about cursed (laughs) objects. This is a there's a question, right? Because we have friends that are I have I'm friends with like people that are attached Zach Bagans, right? Mm. And and my my friends the New Kirks also sort of of like yeah they're great, right? And they're kind of in the world now. They talk a lot about cursed objects. When you were working with cursed objects, like did you bring any into your home? Did you bring anything around? Or like it's like how do you feel like about like because like the hell are like the, the New Kirks are firmly against any sort of transportation or purchasing of cursed objects. Sure. it's because it sounds scary to do. Fuck shit
3: up. But do, yeah. do, did you have any? They also would make a competitor to them. So that's, that's a problem as well. Nice. You buy Too much yes. of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what kidding. do you do with it? Yeah. Well, like, how did you go about those processes? Did you just listen to people's stories or did you handle any objects?
3: So I did. So as part of it, I, there's a whole section in that book called The Business of Cursed Objects. So the New Kirks are in there and uh, Zaphis, um, Bagans is in there. I went to his, his yep. amazing haunted museum, by the way, which I was, I went in there not, not thinking I was going to like it at all and coming out just completely disturbed and loving it. Oh, um, awesome. And then I bought one. So also the eBay trade. If you go to eBay and type in cursed object right now, there's going to be scores of things for sale and they're going to be for sale at pretty high prices. So I yeah. went in there and finally, it, it was funny. I went in there to like buy one. And didn't buy one right away, and I got retargeted, retargeted ads all over my internet experience saying, "Like eBay, we have cursed objects, yeah, come <laughs> get our cursed objects, yeah." Yeah. So well, I ended up what, buying one. I bought one and brought it to my house. Didn't tell my family. <laughs> what was I, it? Huh? What was it? It was have it here somewhere.
1: Uh, yeah, because I have a little haunted box. I had people brought me nails from boleskin House. Like I have all that type of shit. And but I kind of waved. Shade all right, over we it.
3: got a little cursed object here. Listen <laughs> to a little pug. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little brass bulldog. And the person who sold it to me was so good. They were like, my father bought this from Asia somewhere, brought us all nothing but misfortune, harm, whatever. If you want this, be careful what you wish for and really played it up. Right. I bought it. I won the, won the auction. I guess I think it was the only bidding. And when she sent it to me, she sent me with like warnings all over the box saying, be careful what you wish for. Be careful with this thing. And when I realized and I got I got a little trepidatious, honestly, again, I'm a skeptic, but there's some scientific proof that cursed objects can work. But yeah. even then, I was like, "What if I'm wrong? It doesn't matter if I what I believe. If I'm wrong, so if I bring this cursed object to my house, and I like it, it could hurt my family, and I also took it with us on vacation. But um, I uh, <laughs> it was a, she, there's all this kind of stuff. She wrote stuff in the box be careful what you wish for. Here it is. And I when I realized what I was doing was not buying a cursed object, but buying the experience of buying a cursed object. Right. So usually mm. cursed objects are you go to Chinatown, you find that one shop with everything's piled around. You try to buy something and the owner says, I'm not selling you that. I'm not." It's, it's the beginning of Gremlins, basically. Yes. I'm not, I yes. won't sell you that. Nice. I, know it's, I know it has a price tag, but I'm not selling you that. It's not for sale. It's in the store, but it's not for sale. And then you finally convince them to let you have it and you <laughs> take it home and then whatever, all hell like, breaks loose. And you can't get that anymore th- these days, right? The world's too connected. And right now, difficult. Yeah. And just buying buy now at eBay is a very sad experience. Very convenient. Very sad experience. So she did this entire thing with her emails to me and her box crawls to make me think, or, or maybe it was a legit sincere warning, but at the very least it gave me the ambiance that I was bringing something forbidden into my house. So uh, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun, and then nothing bad happened that year, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but it, I just sat there, right in there, I wrote the entire book that thing, looking at me. Yeah, that's um,
2: what, what makes a cursed object cursed? Is it like an experience that happened around it or did someone cough on it all
3: weird? Yeah, there's multiple ways. There's purposeful. So somebody with the power can imbue it with the ability to hurt people, right? That can just be somebody like a shaman or it could be even a person just using their mental will to say this is going to bring cursed. It could be like it was around the scene of a tragedy. So it kind of sucked up all that negative energy like a battery or, you know, like Shirley Jackson's Hill House, right? It could have just been born bad, right? All the way down to its made in China sticker. It was just born bad. So those are kind of the three ways I've I found, discovered that a cursed object is cursed. So, well, um, sweet. And then, of course, there's like the scientific version of a cursed object. The nocebo is basically if you think something's going to harm you, it'll harm you. We're, we're able to trick our bodies into being harmed. Just like a placebo, we can trick our bodies into being healed. Right. The, the exact opposite is also possibly true.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. But so, did you find in your searches that were like, "Well, this sounds cursed as hell." Like this was like this was was there one of them or any of them that you were like, "Well, there's something here." They
3: obviously believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, my like, favorite example, and this is also going to be a very boring example because I know you guys probably know it, is the Hope Diamond. Uh, I grew up in yeah. the D.C. area, and that was like my local museum, and I was always like going there. But this thing. Has an actual provenance of hundreds of years old. We have the, we know exactly where it was at any given time, and mm. it was surrounded by tragedy the entire time. Like like documented tragedies, not just like kind of legends that nobody has documents for. Documented tragedies. So huh. and, and it's a perfect cursed object, right? It's small. You could lose it. You can actually slip it in somebody's pocket. It's yeah. it's, it's um expensive, so it's, it's only beautiful the, too. Beautiful, beautiful. It's got like an lure exactly. to it. Yeah, and it's it's crossed the world. It's been in the hands of monarchs. That one has the most legit story in the world. And now that it's in the Smithsonian, or it has been for decades, you know, you can blame all the, all the ills of the country on it, for sure.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm really catching a theme that I really appreciate, which is you're trying to examine and live in a world that, like, as you said before, with the, your cryptid kind of, like, your theme, it's like, you let, let mystery in. Let's, yeah. let, let's look for the mystery and not necessarily, like, dig it up but kind of
3: like be in it, experience it. Does it make the world better at the end of the day? And and honestly, a lot of this stuff does. It makes the world more interesting. It it gives people stuff to do. It's like, it's, again, very few of us are are happy with just making our lawn nice every single day. You know, there's something more interesting out there.
2: Absolutely. And that's another, the, the lawn gnome. The long of the more That's famous right. cryptids out there. Yes, there's
3: an entire town dedicated to gnomes in um, Minnesota. They had it's just all, all, all over there, like the park in the middle of the town. They add to it every year. It's like it's like their cryptid. That's, That's cute scary. though. It's scary. That's kind of fun though. I like that. Gnomes are always tiny, tiny porcelain
1: dolls. Yeah. Do you think that Edgar Allan? Poe, and then you you wrote that whole thing about Edgar Allan Poe. What you? What was the mystery there? Was there anything that, or was it kind of just a sad truth of what it takes to be a lonely,
3: weird author? No, the mystery there for me was how does a random, not random, but like a poor, busted poet become an international phenomenon, even today, Mm -hmm. right? We have a football team named after. We have shows about him every single second. There's a Christian Bale movie coming out here any second about Oh, no kidding. Everybody recognizes, yeah, Jillian Anson's in it too. Uh, Ooh. Uh, But every single person recognizes Poe. Why? He was a broke poet who wrote spooky stuff and also comedy. He wrote mostly comedy, honestly. Yeah. But um there's no reason why he should be as famous as he is and for some reason he is There's something about him he's more famous than most most things and like i don't know th- he's been on the simpsons he's been a- everywhere oh, yeah. and that was the big that was a big mystery for me how does this guy go from random 19th century broke poet who was unknown in his day mostly to one of the most biggest phenomenon in culture continually continually big phenomenon in culture yeah,
2: he's probably I, kind of cool. upset that like he was treated like dog shit in real life and then he died and everyone's like we loved this guy we yeah. liked him
1: because well, <laughs> he, 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 he was a, he was a supreme weirdo right and then he did die a mysterious death yes. that always kind of helps. And then he looks the part. I think there's yeah. something too, especially in a, like, we really like somebody who fits the idea of what it is that they do. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we like that. I think like, you know what Stephen King does, like he helps, like he made a big scary house, you know, and he lives <laughs> up. The, there's something to it. Like, yeah. you know, he's get he's walking the walk and we, we love that.
2: Well, mm-hmm. not anymore. I did follow Stephen King on Twitter, and he said about uh, the about the World Cup in Qatar, he said, if you if you need alcohol to enjoy a game, you have a problem. And I said, you're Stephen King. <laughs> you're a drug addict. <laughs> you're an alcoholic. Please tell me.
1: Do you feel that you're mystery now? Do you think that, like, how has mystery affected your life? Like, is it one thing that now, like, you as a person, like, do you, like, like, I don't know. Like, do you feel like it makes you, like, experiencing all of these things?
3: Well, it sounds like you're a good guy to hang out at the bar with. That's for sure. Oh yeah, until I get too much drink for, for sure. But yeah, no, I love it. It makes me go places. Like that's a big part of all my books, even though they're research topics. They're all also travel logs at the end of the day. So if I'm writing a book about Edgar Poe, I'm I'm in every state he's been to. I'm in London visiting his stuff, cryptids. Cool. I'm going across the country looking at towns. It was, my book about Salem, Mass. I lived in Salem for a month. Like it's I just that's I awesome. go places. It literally adds to my life to go like I, I make friends as all these book projects. So it, it's made my life better. Um, yeah. And I, it, it, I assume it makes a lot of other people's lives better, or we would be obsessed with it.
2: Well, it's, it's so definitely cool. better to do uh, cryptid zoology than storm the Capitol. I'm really proud. That's what I always say. <laughs> That's right. really proud. J. W. Walker, <laughs> thank you so much. And also, you didn't answer sex. Which cryptid? Oh man, hold on. I've got my hold on. Oh, man. This is That's, your your wife I, will let you get out of jail free with this. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, because you go. Oh, it doesn't
3: exist, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say. um, I'm going to go back to, um. Is a, I'll take the wolf woman Mobile. I'll take a wow. female
1: werewolf. Yeah, because because it's werewolf. got the good parts and you don't have to worry about the barbed penises. <laughs> you don't got to be, you're going to worry about like yeah. a snapping weird, like cloaca or anything. Yeah, absolutely. It
3: never bothered me. You know, it's fine. See, Excellent. The
2: United States of cryptids, a tour of American myths and monsters. J.W. Walker, check out this book. If it's, oh, it's just around the holiday season, is it not? Maybe it's a gift. Perhaps. Maybe. Honestly, by, that would be nice. That's a great idea. JW, thank you so much for being on the show, man. You're wonderful. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Everything. Yes, yeah, this was fun, for sure. Bye from your all right, everyone. There it was. Our conversation with J.W. Auker. He was very funny. Again, handsome, a lovely man. Very
1: handsome for a cryptid attached Absolutely. person. He had he goes, a wife. He's married. I mean, a, well, a lot of them have wives, Do but they? It's, well, it's because it allows them to go have more free, liberal fun with their buddies when they're out on the trail, mm, right? They I go out see. there and be like, "We're gay. We're
2: just out here. We're just seeking warmth. Absolutely. We ain't trying to be
1: like I'm married. I'm married to a
2: full-blooded woman, very big woman." There's no rules when you're hunting cryptids. Nope. The United States of Cryptids, a tour of American Myths and Monsters. Check out that book, y'all. And if you're in the Los
1: Angeles area, come and check out me and old big old hammy hams Ed Larson himself. We're going to be hosting a classy night out pre-New Year's Eve celebration. It's December 30th at the pack, 8 p.m. It's December 30th, 8 p.m. at the pack. Uh, tickets are still available on the website. Uh, it's all going to be cavalcade of a bunch of hooved us uh, yelling at you, and uh, just don't wear anything you're afraid to get wet. That's, that's not that's not true. That's not true. Honestly, I hate to be wet. Why would I do that
3: to you?
2: <laughs> ham ham. Thank you all so much for supporting us, <laughs> J W Walker. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, yeah, we'll just be back with you uh, a little bit later on. Thanks yeah, for thanks, supporting our Patreon. Thanks for your money. We'll talk to you soon. Hail yourselves. the Let me in your home. Congratulations, everybody. I'm cold. <laughs> this
1: show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.